Well, <laughs> welcome, Evan and Andrew, back to Overdrinks. Yes. It's been a while. Thank you. Yeah. Too My long. first time. Yeah, your first mm-hmm. time, Evan. Yeah. Have, have fun getting drunk with us. <laughs> <laughs> and for the first time, I'm actually drinking at an appropriate hour. Isn't this wonderful? Oh, excellent. <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. So we should also say that this is number 50. Number 50 podcast. Yay. This I think this is truly celebratory. I think uh, yeah. Evan, has, Evan has picked a fine piece for us to celebrate with, I think. Yeah, yes. I think so. <laughs> but before we get into that, should we do our traditional... What we're drinking. What are we drinking? <laughs> Evan, you're, you're the, okay. the, the newbie to overdrink, so, so what I do you like got? Fru-fru drinks, as they are affectionately called. Um, this is the first time I've tried this, so I will freely admit I was going to go get like Arbor Mist or something like that, uh, because I like I don't like beer, and, you know, I, I like fruity drinks, but as I was going to grab the Arbor Mist, this caught my eye. It is a Jack Daniels Down Home Punch. Mm. So it's like a fruity um, beverage with Jack Daniels in it, and it's pretty good. I'm Allegedly, trying, which which part is the down home part? I'm wondering. I don't know. Well, what's funny is they don't list like the fruits on it, so it has this like <laughs> it looks like a grapefruit on it, yeah. but it doesn't taste like grapefruit at all. It tastes more like maybe strawberry and lemon. So mm. I don't know what's in it, but it's pretty tasty. And you know, a good mark of a drink that is if it has a twist off cap. Exactly. Of <laughs> oh yeah. That's, a, that's right. A, a that just opener. smacks of quality. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I I think after that, uh, I would probably be the next logical choice to go because I feel I have an intermediate beverage. Um, okay. Yeah, because I'm I'm going again with the the fruity beer that I enjoy, oh, and of course this is this is my blueberry. I saw your eye roll. I were you doing that in China? you just couldn't see it because we never had the video open because the internet was never good enough to see each other but i rolled some eyes a lot when you talked about your drinks that's that's well uh, a few of them i will i will admit your eye rolls were probably uh warranted yeah this this blueberry wheat is fantastic so i'm going to stick with it for one more round oh blueberry wheat it's 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 tasty and who makes that uh, there is a wonderful little brewing company in Western New York, uh, Ellicottville Brewing Company, and they do wonderful things with blueberries. Ellicottville? Awesome. Mm-hmm. Ellicottville. Okay. Word up. I you, am. Yes, I'm just going straight up bourbon. <laughs> it is. It is my favorite everyday bourbon. It is Jefferson's Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, very small batch. Mm. It, it looks is, like a kind of big bottle for a small batch. <laughs> well, you can see how, how much I have left, and I might make a serious dent in that tonight. So um, I was, I was going to say, that was when we were supposed to start. That was full. Right. right? And so, <laughs> while I've been dealing with technology, you guys have been starting without me. I see. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Little bit. I mean, this, I, I love, I mean, it's, I wouldn't say this bourbon is anything that special. It's just really good. And that's what I'm looking for on a daily basis. Like if you're going for, you know, oh, I want to drink something, you know, that has a lot of flavor profile, then, you know, 
to get something else. But if you just want to relax <laughs> and have it go down really smooth, Jefferson's is the way to go. So uh, you like your alcohol the way you like your music? Question mark. If you just want to go down smooth, yeah, I listen to mostly <laughs> Katy Perry every day. So. <laughs> Well, I feel like this would be closer to Katy Perry, <laughs> <laughs> bubbly and, and fruity. Let's see. Can can we can we assign a pop star to our drinks? So Evan's got Katy Perry. Yeah, blueberry, blueberry. Beer. We, yeah, I'm know. waiting for this one. I'm waiting I, for this hmm. one. Who's like? It's like. I don't kind know. of disgusting. Kesha. <laughs> Aww. You're drinking Kesha. <laughs> oh, fair. Okay. <laughs> and then who's this bourbon? Like, I don't know, Johnny Cash? Well, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, contemporary, I don't know. Who would just be just bourbon? Just straight just up grumpy, bourbon as a pop like, star? Like, um, well, pop star. I was going to say Bob Dylan, but he's not a pop star. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Po- I, I think I think we've unfairly restricted ourselves. Yeah, with, with to pop female stars. pop stars. Yeah, I think. <laughs> hmm. Let's think about it. Halfway through, I'll come up with it. Awesome. <laughs> uh, just say just say pink and get it over with. It's fine. Pink. <laughs> I'm cool with that. Cool. That there you go. I'll, I'll be pink. That's fine. There, there, you go. there you go. So. Tonight, we're going to be talking about Sky McClay and her many, many cadences. <laughs> yes, so many. Now, uh, Evan, this was your choice, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. So uh, Sky is a dear, dear friend of mine. We uh, teach at the Walden School together every summer. And uh, Sky is working on her, uh, she's uh, ABD in her DMA at uh, Columbia University, but she is currently uh, working as a composer in Chicago. And uh, what I love about this piece is it sort of does what I like to do in music, which is uh, refer back to sort of the styles and ideas of the past, but recontextualizes them in this really cool and unique way, um, as you could hear through the piece. Like, so the idea is that like every short little phrase is a cadence in its own key and they just keep like avalanching on top of each other one after the other and it almost like there's to a point where you have to listen to a couple times to realize oh yeah there's the 51 or the 351 cuz they're just like so like it's very non-sequitur. rapid yeah, yeah they're yeah. so rapid or non sequitur that like you almost don't hear them as cadences anymore yeah, um, that so. was the thing that I kind of uh, responded to, and it, it like it has, it has the smack of functionality, but mm-hmm. without the groundedness to set up an expectation. So I think she pretty successfully like almost serializes tonal oh, materials. So good. Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, if we're gonna if we're gonna be honest, uh, as I hope we would be on an overdrinks podcast. Um, well, we're getting piece- honester by the minutes. That's right. Uh, this piece definitely makes the list of pieces I wish I wrote. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, this it's, mm-hmm. it's one of those things where the, the concept is simple without being simplistic. Yeah. And the execution, it works pretty well. Uh, and so it also combines, I, I notice that her music tends to combine a lot of things that, that I value or, or, or like in my own aesthetic. 
this kind of humorous or playfulness, um, Mm -hmm. but also this um, proclivity and maybe even desire to have all of the processes within your piece be audible. I mean, I think mm-hmm. I think these are all things that I strive for in my music as well. So it, it yeah, it definitely makes the list of pieces I wish I wrote. <laughs> all right, but I'm I'm immediately going to ask a question that well, I'm immediately going to kind of already yeah a little bit. I've been, you you were fiddling with technology. I was drinking and thinking. Like, apparently, there, man. drinking and thinking. I wonder. If this idea sustains us, though, yeah, this is a really interesting topic um, because I think I am sustained through much of the piece um, in this way. When it gets to a point where I think, "Oh shoot, this is coming back," it's <laughs> it's literally at that moment where there's a bit of a change. Uh, the, mm. the, the, the time where the A material, if, if we're allowed to call that, se- that sequence of rapid cadences, uh, the A mm-hmm. idea, so yeah. to speak. Totally when that comes, Yeah, when that comes mm-hmm. back and it's, uh, it's we, we gradually get this glissandi yeah. between all of the pitches mm-hmm. that, yeah. that now yeah. are there, and it, and it just ends up sounding like, you know, this, this really weird peanuts kind of wah, wah, kind of, kind of, uh, <laughs> <laughs> a, a continuous melodic activity in in this way i i think that for me a it strikes as being quite humorous and sustaining uh because it's like oh i really wish oh no you are doing something different with that that's that's quite refreshing okay thank you mm-hmm, mm-hmm. peanuts um, or speak- chipmunks is it i don't whatever because the peanuts <laughs> teacher would have been like the uh the, the trombone <laughs> with the, yeah yeah there you go. i think I mean, you just I, mean chipmunks <laughs> I know. I mean, I th- I get. I don't know. I get that. I get that peanuts flavor to it, though, because you get the contour, right? You get the contour oh, okay. and the inflection of the line, as I if understand. it's a muffled. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's where my blueberry wheat uh, infused <laughs> thinking lies. So you get the contour just without the uh, plunger trombone. Yeah, or or the or the pitch definition in that way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, um, when the A material does come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, at first I had my thought, which I always think about pieces that are in that three-part ABA form, which I have probably said enough on this podcast. You already know what I'm going to say. But then I think she did it really well. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to tell you why. Here, oh, the secret. The secret's to doing it well from Rob McClure. It it is. Or it did, rather. She... She wrote an A, B, A, but the last A was like multiplied by B. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it was yeah. like B affected all the, the B's material affected all of A without returning to a B material. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there was this kind of, there was this kind of evolution of A to kind of come more towards B. So that kind of worked for me. Well, and I think that's built into the the structure of the piece. If one is talking about this idea of continuous transformation or continuity between ideas and this audit, this audible process of evolution, uh, when material starts changing, it always changes gradually. There's like a measure 
There's a measure in, amidst the A section that, that starts throwing things off. That first sustained tone mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. glisses, and then we're back into oh, the cadences, God. right? I love and, those glisses, yeah. <laughs> and then, right, we're still in the A world, but then we get that same idea. There's a sustained tone, but now the, the tone isn't sustained uh, in itself. It's a tremolo. So the, the sustain mm-hmm. is now shimmering, and then we have a longer gliss, and then more A. So, I mean, it's this, this constant um, evolutionary approach, which I think is kind of nice, and, and maybe is related to what you were talking about rob yeah totally i think that's i think that's spot on from the blueberry wheat yeah those glisses um when she starts to introduce them in the a section like they're like my favorite part of the piece they're like so like quirky and sort of like um I don't, I don't, I don't think of peanuts, but I sort of think of like um, going. Speaking of down home punch, like you know, fiddling or something in country music, and yeah. uh, going right back into how did the, that go again? Cadences, uh, <laughs> 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 okay, just checking. And, and then, the, like, the next time she do, does it, the gliss gets longer. And then right. the gliss gets longer until it's just, you know, everyone doing gliss. And, you know, more people do the gliss and less people do the yeah. uh, cadences. So, yeah, I love, because I love gradual processes, obviously. Uh, and so, and when I usually, you know, deal with form, it is something like fade into the next section. And mm-hmm. um, so it's it's really cool how she... Uh, gradually moves from the constant motion of the cadences to like sort of the more gradual glisses. So, you know, uh, Rob, you had to air your your questioning, your your uh, critical <laughs> thinking of of the, so early. And this has been this, the airing of grievances. Right. Um, <laughs> well, well, if we, if we're on that topic, there's if there's one thing about the piece that right now I'm not sure of. And this is, this is after only, you know, uh, admittedly a handful of listenings, four or five listenings. Um, although sidebar, I may have been the guy this morning at 7.15 a.m. who emailed his entire theory faculty colleagues at the State University of New York at Fredonia going, hey, you might want your students to check out this contemporary <laughs> piece that uses all of these cadences to give your students practice on identifying and recognizing these things in a different context. Nice, <laughs> nice. I, yeah, I, I was that. You were that guy. I was that guy this morning. Uh, so, so obviously, I'm, I'm kind of a little bit of a fanboy about this piece right now, but I'm wondering about the ending. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't quite know how I feel about it yet. Where mm. they're just kind of instructed to hammer aggressively on the neck. So they're not really mm-hmm. producing pitch. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they are and they're not. They're, well, they're probably producing two pitches. One that's mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. audible. The than The strike and the pull off. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, that, but I mean, you know, when you, when you play guitar and you hammer on something, you get the note on one side of the finger and you get the note on the other side of the finger too. Oh, right. Yeah. You know, so yeah. depending okay, where they are, they're, but they're, they're getting this kind of just like quasi pitch. So you, at that point, all you do get is contour, I feel like. And it's, you know, the, the rhythms are a little bit messy anyway. So mm-hmm. it's like, it just kind of so dissolves. What, what was your, what was your issue or question? So, it, so as I'm, as I'm listening to the piece and as I'm listening to the kind of uh, unfoldings and transformations that we've already mentioned, 
this strikes me as being quite different um, mm-hmm. in terms of its timbral element. Now, now that could be the case in terms of the fact that we are coming to the cadence mm-hmm. of many, mm-hmm. many cadences. Um, and so this, this new timbre is supposed to signal the, the end, right? And the fact that we've, we've suddenly devolved, that's the wrong word, uh, we've suddenly become embedded in this harmonic sonority, right? Mm-hmm. At, the, at this mm-hmm. point, it's all the harmonics and sliding yeah. around and, and doing those things. And, and so it's nice to get this kind of this hammered, little bit messy because we had the pristine harmonics. And so the, this change in timbre is, is kind of nice. And I think uh, it's, a, it's, a good, it's a good choice to maybe explore this. My thing is, maybe since it's so new, I would have wanted to hear it longer Mm. Or longer, not just to explore the timbre, but I feel like the energy of it doesn't quite cadence. I feel like you set set the listener up with this energy and then the piece is over. And I don't know, maybe that's supposed to be the end too, but I'm not sure how I feel about it after only a few listeners. Kind of peters. That's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting that you... You th- see it like that. I kind of see it as sort of like you did mention the the word like devolve or you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it is this sort of like kind of entropic the, the the piece. Yeah, the piece sort of like devolving into just like nothingness because you have you start to you get the glisses, then you get the gliss between the harmonics, and then you get the um, the is it butato or um, I assume it's coligno, correct? I'm trying to look through the score. Oh no, you're fingering. Oh, okay, so it's yeah, just yeah, fingering yeah. notes without the bow. So exactly. uh, yeah, I, I see it as sort of just like you know, like at first it was like cadence, 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 and then like devolve into all, a, a gradual like sort of decay into just like sound where the cadences like mm. mean nothing and sort of like in a way with the many many cadences they 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 mean nothing throughout the piece. Whereas mm. in in tonal music. Cadences mean so much. Right. But now she's taking this thing that means so much normally and making it meaningless uh, over uh, a long uh, period of time, what, eight or so minutes. So yeah, that's how yeah. I see it. I don't know if she would agree with that. I would have to ask her that. Uh, but yeah, I think it's just like the end of this like journey into like meaninglessness. <laughs> yeah. I um, I mean I I think yeah, I think that's fair. Go ahead, Rob. I I think that um I mean this was just occurring to me right now, but I mean the I Evan, I think that's a really good conceptual take on this and I like it a lot. I think maybe I I would wonder if there was another maybe more practical reason like mm-hmm. like it seems like towards the end you're kind of going through a process, but it's not so much a pitch and rhythm process anymore. It's like a playing technique process. And Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. with your left hand, you start out by touching less and less and less of the strings. Mm -hmm. You know, at some point you're just kind of just hovering over the strings and then all of a sudden. So that's, yeah, you you're touching less and less and less, and then you hammer on the strings with your left hand, but you don't play at all with your right hand. Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't know. Maybe maybe that was part of it. Like just thinking about playing techniques and how can how can I think about playing techniques in a compositional way as opposed to just well, this is a means to an end. You know, it's it's necessary yeah, that we do this. But there. Yeah, there is. Uh, yeah, I, I can agree with that. But there is sort of a um, 
sort of reduction of pitch in that technique too because mm-hmm. uh at least psychoacoustically because when you're playing harmonics you know it's harder to you know to distinguish what the pitch is since yeah. it's you know if we if we have our Fletcher Munson curves, you know, higher frequencies are well, sorry, higher frequencies are easier to hear, but when they're that high, they're sort of just like you know, I can't tell what pitch it is. Right. It's just really high, and then you're hitting <laughs> these <laughs> these high uh, pitches with your fingers. To, so there's basically almost no pitch, but uh, a little bit, mm-hmm. um, like you know, kind of like hammer-ons or whatever. So I don't know. I could I could I could I could see it both ways. Yeah. I, you know, I have to say, I, I love both of those conceptions. And, and then I come back to, in the end, the sound of it all. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and there's mm-hmm. something about, for me, and again, after only a handful of listenings, but for me, it's, there's something about the sound of that. And the, there's an energy to it that's different than the, the harmonics and the glissandi. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that, uh, that elevation of energy makes me want to hear something a little more. I'm I'm not exactly willing mm. to put my finger on what that is, but 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 as it's it's a cause and effect situation for me, mm. action mm-hmm. reaction. And I think because of that action, I don't know if I love the reaction of the piece ending exactly where it does. Um mm-hmm. and and it might be just the difference of a few seconds for me, or maybe it's the difference of uh more alcohol and <laughs> consideration of your two <laughs> theories and listening to it one more time um well you know what i often tell my students a lot is like oh you know this thing that you've done right here in this measure i can hear this for like 10 more minutes yeah <laughs> so you, maybe you go to the george yeah. Crum approach <laughs> maybe we maybe we could just hear that in for you know 10 more minutes <laughs> <laughs> one thing i andrew i'm kind of with you where i uh, i love a good outlier in a piece but oh, yeah. the outlier, I feel like, always has to be within. You know, it can't just be mm-hmm. the last thing. I and mm-hmm. and honestly, I'm kind of with you. It would have been cool to just have that those really aggressive hammer-ons, and then you know, a, a beat of silence, and then just like, whoop, you know, like a, a <laughs> one last little like screech up there in. And all the instruments or something. I don't know. Like, it, yeah, it feels like it, 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 it needs a point on the end of it, you know, mm. like a or, definitive end. Or you go the opposite way in which you have this hammer on technique that is that is the this new timbre. There's a new energy to it. It's it's losing definition. Mm. And as it loses mm-hmm. definition, it also loses time. It loses its rhythmic mm. integrity right. and it, it really does decompose. Yeah. Uh, or it, or disintegrate. It peters. <laughs> peters out. I refuse. I refuse to use that word. <laughs> Why does it have um, but some? I mean, of course. Does it have an original like sectional sexual meaning that I'm that I've just missed or something? It just, it has poor mouthfeel, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. That's the sexual oh, meaning. No. No. Um. I think, uh, and and again, all of all, all of these, of course, these are these are other composers talking about another. This is exactly why mm. composers are the way composers are because we always hear things and we're like, oh, I would have done this probably this way for better or more likely for worse. Yeah, right? totally. The idea mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. that you you want you hear something you go oh, that's a cool idea and I, now I want to mess with it. Well, and that, and um, you're exactly right because my um, 
my suggestion of just like have a beat and then end it with a thing. I have a lot of pieces that end that way. So of course I would want to hear that. You know, I'm totally projecting my own compositional style onto this. So right. again, right. listening comes down to, you know, we we have to look at ourselves and say, what is wrong with me that I can't just hear this the way it was meant to be? You know? Exactly. <laughs> and it's funny you, you talk about like putting our, you know, selves in that position because I guess the reason why I personally like it so much because I've actually like to do things like that where like just the end just like just wears itself out <laughs> yeah. into nothingness and I actually like in my saxophone quartet that I wrote um it they go from these loud sounds to slowly decrescendoing to just uh subtone to key clicks yeah. so like a a, a a gradual decrease into just like no sound at all um so maybe uh, the reason I like it is because it's what I would do. <laughs> it's right in your wheelhouse. Yeah. <laughs> and if you are interested in hearing that saxophone quartet, please check back on episode 25 of Les Clatones Podcast, the Evan Williams Podcast, number 25. Oh, that, now now all we need is product placement as well. <laughs> Well, we already talked about the drink. We should get sponsorship. I mean, come on. I know, this right? episode is brought to you by Jack Daniels. <laughs> by Jack Daniels and saxophone key clicks. <laughs> and you should definitely record them awkwardly like they do on like other podcasts. Just like awkwardly reading the script that yeah, you're giving. Totally. But kind of throwing in what your show is about. <laughs> one of my one of my favorite podcasts is called The Boogie Monster. And it's just two dudes talking. It's uh, two comedians, <laughs> Kyle Kinane and Dave Stone. And they're trying to, like, the theme of the podcast is, like, talking about uh, supernatural things and, like, conspiracies and, and all that stuff. But they never get to it. They spend about 10 minutes talking <laughs> about that and most of it just bullshitting. But they are sponsored by Adam and Eve, which is apparently, like, an adult, oh. like... Uh, (laughs) online shop or something where is this Uh going every episode (laughs) stop it every episode they come up with a new way to like you know riff on the on the ad and it's it's pretty funny so nice but yeah like if you listen to like nerdist or something like that they're reading the same Mm -hmm. damn script every time or or another really awkward one, and I like how this is becoming ads for other podcasts, um, <laughs> is Harry Potter and the Sacred Text, oh. uh, where they like try to, like they're talking about the chapter, and then suddenly go, you know who would love a good meal cook is uh, <laughs> Molly Weasley, and she would really appreciate it if, if uh, her husband got Blue Apron. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God, Blue Apron. <laughs> We heard enough of Blue Apron. (laughs) Casper Mattress. What are the other ones? Uh, Oh, Oh, um, uh, Squarespace. Good God, Squarespace. Squarespace. Yeah. And then what's the one where um, Zip Recruiter? Zip Recruiter on This American Life. Mm -hmm. They love Zip Recruiter. You know, I have to say, though, the Squarespace thing did work. I did redo my website on Squarespace. Oh. <laughs> and I did use a discount. Nice. I think I used the uh, StarTalk discount, but nice. could have chosen from any number of them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, well played, well played. So, okay, we've <laughs> talked about the A material in all its, in, in all its uh, evolution, what about True. the middle? 
Um, I have I have some interesting things about the middle, but more related to a notational thing. Okay. I don't I don't. This is probably not the direction you wanted this conversation to go in at all. But you said it, so I responded. Um, in the A material, the cadences are all very clearly labeled, right? There's mm-hmm. keys. There's Roman numerals. When we get into the B section, uh, of course, the the reverse is true. There's there's now this um, this ambient, very um, lush kind of sonic environment that's that's quite pretty. And every once in a while, there's a little interjection, hearkening uh, mm-hmm. back to those cadences before. And they are they are a stream of cadences, but they're not labeled. They're not mm-hmm. identified with key or Roman numerals. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm wondering. So the theorist that, in is you that, is really pissed off right now. <laughs> well, uh, I like consistency, harumph. Uh, no, it, not, <laughs> that's right. Um, I, I'm I'm just I'm just wondering because notation is so psychologically powerful. What what does it what does it mean? What does it suggest as a player is looking at obviously referential material, but that is that has the identify the identification of it removed? Mm. Hmm. And I think there is, I think there's actually a window into reading into that a little bit, but I wonder what your take is. Am I, am I, am I too theoretical at this point? Hmm. Evan? <laughs> that was dramatic. Uh, <laughs> I have no thought. Um, I mean, I mean, I have a separate thought about the identification of the harmony in the keys, oh, okay. uh, which is not related to the B section so much. Okay. Um, uh, I don't, I don't know why it's not in the B section, but I don't miss it. Um, it's not that it's and- completely absent. Like it's there every once in a while, you know, like she has, she, uh, did, you know, kind of glissandos that on a certain beat meet for just a moment for, uh, uh, for a chord. And she does label those, but you're sp- saying specifically mm. the, the, like, the interjections that remind us of the A stuff that was labeled when it was first presented. Right. Yeah. That, that was labeled. So, so as we, as we are solidly in by like page 20 or 20, I know all of our listeners mm-hmm. have copies of the score, although <laughs> there are copies of the score available on her website. Oh, I, which oh, cool. I think, I'm actually, I'm on the score follower video. I'm just, going oh, which is another score follower, uh, yep. score follower is another excellent <laughs> yeah. resource. That's where I watched uh, it today. Yep, absolutely. Score follower, and such a nice. great performance by the Spectral Quartet. Mm-hmm. Oh, amazing, amazing. Um, but but on you know on pages uh, uh, twenty and twenty one, here are some good examples. Because in uh, the second system of page twenty, like measure ninety five, there is that moment that five note interjection that is clearly labeled with the the key and the Roman numerals, and then on the next page. Next system, measure a hundred and whatever that is. Uh, uh, there's an obvious interjection, but that's not that's labeled. not labeled. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. And and psychologically, I I kind of I mean I kind of like it because it you have that additional element of of structural identification. Obviously, when these things come back with the analysis given, you're into that a material. And since we don't have any kind of identifying markers, it's it's a little hazier in terms of our memory. It's not so oh. upfront. It's almost like yeah, and that sort of go ahead, Evan. 
Sorry, I was going to say, if it fits into that idea of it devolving, is just like, mm-hmm. as, like, literally the score devolves, like, from this very clear structure-based thing into a more nebulous area. Is that what you're trying to say, or? I think, I th- I mean, it, it, there's visual confirmation of that as you yeah. look at the score. Yeah, I think that's an interesting thought. I think there it, it reminds me of when you're watching an opera and you have the the um the sub oh the super the super titles and mm-hmm. when they repeat a phrase they never give you the super titles again. Yeah, it's like you got it's like, you got it. You, you know what this is. You've heard it. Obviously, you were paying attention, right? You know. So. <laughs> But yeah, I wonder nice. if it was just kind of something like that. She's like, I just did this. I don't need to do it again. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, which is which is fair, but in, in notation is one of those damn psychological things where and and it'll, you know, just the smallest thing will trip up a, a performer. Uh, like you Evan, like using a niente as opposed to a nothing. So. <laughs> Wait, what was that? Oh I missed God. that. Please, in, in, please, inside joke please listeners. Please let's not. <laughs> please let's not. Uh, for, those, for those who want to be clued in, uh, Evan posted a very thoughtful question to Facebook uh, that garnered great attention and significant answers to different questions that he hadn't asked. Oh, man. Yes. <laughs> I totally missed that. I'm going to go hunt for that. <laughs> I just wanted to write a damn crescendo <laughs> with a flare, and everyone's like, oh, I don't believe in the niente. I was like, the niente is not a part of the question. <laughs> and uh, full oh, disclosure, your, uh, your exponential I crescendos, right? Yes. Yes, that was exponential it. Okay. crescendos. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I saw uh-huh, that. Uh-huh. I, was, I was part of the problem, to be fair. <laughs> when is that not the case? Oh. <laughs> but um, I sort of have a different thought about the... Um, so the key analysis and the uh, Roman numeral analysis in part one. Uh, at first, I was kind of like, eh, why? You know, um, because I wonder who it's for. But then, um, and I think it's my uh, sort of opinion on it is actually evolving as we speak. Mm. Is that I, I like the idea of like sort of telling your uh one, I guess not your listener in this case, but your score reader, like, this is what's happening here. And then, as Andrew mentioned, uh, being a little bit more coy about that in the B section. And there is sort of like this psychological like response, like, well, that's like the beginning, but she doesn't label it. So I wonder if she's not really... So it, it like gives some moments of doubt, maybe. Mm. Even that, like, should I be seeing this as a part of um, the A theme group um but it's sort of i don't know it's clearly a score meant to be studied um but in i i wonder i don't know i i guess i don't know what i'm trying to say i wonder what you guys think about the 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 harmonic analysis that is given by the composer well here's a question because i can't remember from watching the video when andrew when you're talking about these interjections is it the entire Um, is it the entire ensemble that interjects or does she kind of just give one of the lines? It's, it's the entire it's the group. Cause I thought I remember yeah. well, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes it's entire, sometimes it's entire, sometimes it's just one or two. I think it, it follows, it follows a little bit of the trajectory of the beginning where we had everybody mm-hmm. and then that idea peters out, peters out. There See? It is. It's useful. Um, <laughs> it had terrible mouthfeel. Um, the idea <laughs> 
the idea kind of is presented in a group and then presented in kind of small fragments. Mm. Yeah. So it, it happens, it happens both ways. Um, so I guess the small, obviously labeling the small fragments makes, or not labeling, labeling the small fragments makes sense because you don't have the entire chords there. It's just kind of, yeah. you know, uh, hinting right. at something, but I wonder if it's just kind of the thing where, and I think Evan, you were you were uh, getting maybe towards this. It's like we don't have the context anymore. So right. mm-hmm. without that context, could we see it as something that's you know that is not a harmonic driver anymore, but rather this is just something. Like, like yeah. with what I was saying at the beginning, like she serialized tonal materials, like you, you, when you listen to it, you can't really, you know, there is function because you, we've yes. all been taught to hear that, you know, uh, the predominant dominant tonic function, but at the same we time, it moves, proverbial dog. Yeah. it moves so <laughs> lightning fast through that. That you don't really hear it as moving in any one direction. It's moving like in all directions simultaneously. So I don't know. It just seems like contextually it maybe you don't think about it as, I don't know. Honestly, no, I, you know I think, what? I'm going to okay, because I I I I messaged Sky today and I asked her to be on the podcast later in later in the season and she agreed. So I'm going to ask awesome. her about this. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and I um, bet she's going to tell me, "Oh yeah, I just forgot about it." <laughs> <laughs> so We're like killing ourselves like... over this point and <laughs> Do you think I'm a little bit off base in my sort of like wariness of the fact that there is a harmonic analysis in the score at all? So here's here's something that I think is actually kind of cool about that. I I, I don't mm-hmm. um I like the fact that you're coming to a different appreciation of it, like the more you think mm-hmm. about it, because mm-hmm. I think it's quite useful and fun, but not necessarily at the microcosm. The the microcosm goes mm-hmm. by so quickly as as you guys were talking mm. about yes. just a second ago. Okay. So that see where you're going with I this. Like it. Maybe may, uh, <laughs> we we have here the key, right? Mm-hmm. The key relationship, mm-hmm. and you notice that only it, when everybody's playing, only one voice actually has the Roman numeral analysis. All of the other voices have the key in which they're currently playing, because at that structural level in time, you're actually hearing. C to E flat major to A major to E flat minor. You're oh. actually hearing larger sections. So mm-hmm. so I, I find it rather helpful to see that kind of trajectory within uh-huh. that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like the fact that it's here. And we've also brought up the, the idea of serializing tonal music. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we've brought up the idea of, uh, we haven't said the words, but, but a rapid information supply. And just whenever whenever somebody talks about material moving by so quickly that you 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 can't perceive it or it's right at the threshold of perceivable, um, I think about so many of my colleagues who have come to appreciate Milton Babbitt's music by taking it into a stereo track editor and time stretching it. Mm-hmm. Mm. And when they slow it down, you start to hear the harmonic relationships <laughs> that are that are 
<laughs> blazing fast on the surface. Well, in this particular context, the harmonic relationships on the surface are going by blazing fast, but but that's not the point, and they're also referential of something we already as musicians know quite well. Mm-hmm. And so it's the trajectory of that key progression that ag- that actually moves us forward. It's not the harmonic progression itself. Andrew, you know, in I your... think I might have a more. Oh, sorry. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say I think I might have a more uh, practical reason about the, um, the oh, Roman probably. numerals being where they are. I yeah. think she just puts them under the lowest voice of what of the cadences because when the uh, the cello goes off and starts to play. Um, the glisses and longer notes, then she puts it uh, under the viola. And then when yeah. the viola starts to play the longer notes, she puts it under the second and so on. So that mm-hmm. that might, I we I don't know, we might be looking too philosophically into the placement of the numerals. But I don't, I don't necessarily know about that because, um, because the way that is placed, right? Uh-huh. The numerals are placed that way all the way up until... Uh, the very last solo when the when the violin is playing. Let me let me just double check before I put my foot in my mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when the violin is playing all by itself. Uh huh. You could there's say no more that, numerals. Yeah, there are no more Roman numerals. They're just right? keys. Okay, but I mean, mm-hmm. but I mean, you you could argue that you no longer need the Roman numerals when there's only two voices. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so why aren't the Roman numerals then moved to the first violin part? But you notice Good what's point. still there. What's still the there keys. is the key in which the violin yeah. is playing. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm willing to to regardless of what her intention is, I'm willing to look at that and say, <laughs> "Damn, that's actually pretty sweet." Uh-huh. Yeah, that so, was one was one thing. And in your analysis, did you determine any sort of pattern that was happening? I mean, obviously things repeat, but what is the key relationships? You know, I can't uh, I can't say that I studied this well enough to have the full structural harmonic plan that I can pull out of the back of my of my shorts well, here. Damn, Andrew! Um, I mean, come on. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, but but I will say that. Um, the very beginning, you know, we're, we're obviously moving C major, E flat major, A major, uh, E flat minor, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. And that pattern, yeah, that pattern does come back. But again, with the keys being present, you can see where the deviations start to happen. Mm-hmm. And there are yeah. gradual mm-hmm. deviations in that pattern. Again, that, that gradual deconstruction. Uh, and so I'm not prepared to speak eloquently or elegantly even about about all the nuances Speak of it, of drunkly. which I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I thought that's what I am doing. Um, uh, after my one blueberry wheat, yeah, sure. Um, the I I am sure that uh, Sky has put a lot of thought and and harmonic nuance in here that that I'm glossing over. Mm-hmm. But but being able to notice that that those slight changes and that deconstruction very quickly that's that's very helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I would like to see the parts. I wonder if um, the same information is in the parts and what mm. a, uh, what a player in the string quartet would feel about that. Like, would they feel it's it's good to know, or would they kind of feel that it just takes up space? Because a lot of times, comp- uh, performers think us composers are a little bit too. Um, you know, we give a little bit too much. <laughs> We're too esoteric. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here's the piece so, and an analysis uh, well, of the piece. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Read this book before I would you love play to, it. To see the parts for it, um, and That's, see if those if that information is in the parts as well. 
Yeah, that is that is fascinating because it does say in the notation key under item four mm-hmm. that in the score the dotted, a Roman yeah. numeral analysis is given. Um, but also, interestingly enough, what, what does it say? Um, About the, the slurs, the dotted slurs. Yeah, yeah. And, and also that number two, all pitches function within the local key. So I'm wondering mm-hmm. why that's there, if that's also in the, you know, so, so you know what I mean? Because players love knowing who's got the third, who's, right, mm-hmm. who's, who's got, that information is very important for tuning, but mm-hmm. also function. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, that's a great question, Evan. I wonder mm-hmm. how much of that information is in the score to let them know. Mm-hmm. Or the parts, yeah. I'm sorry. It is a billion degrees here. <laughs> when, when did second summer happen? Dude, I have been asking that. It is also a billion degrees here. Like It's a billion degrees here. Nice. Yeah. And, it was and like 85 today in Wisconsin. I know. You're more northerly. <laughs> yeah. I like, I have, I don't know if you can see this, like my sweaters are all ready for me to start wearing. <laughs> and, you know, I'm ready for sweater weather. And there's no sweater weather. You know, I have to go around in, in polos and whatnot. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I feel like Evan thrives best in sweater weather. That's hard to say. Sweater weather. Sweater weather. Sweater weather. You know that SNL skit? Nice. (laughs) Now it's sweatier weather. Yes. Agreed. That was a horrible joke. Horrible joke. Do you, uh, you teach theory. I do. Right, Rob? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I think as, as theorists, all three of us, uh, th- theory teachers, I yeah. should uh, say. Don't count me in there. Right. <laughs> what, what the hell, man? Um, you teach theory, as, don't as, you? Uh, well, I teach musicianship at Walden, but here it's the so. same thing. <laughs> um, so so as, as teachers of musicianship, um, <laughs> I, I think uh, we all are are well armed with really awful dad jokes i think <laughs> and now now my students actually can moan at them instead of just looking at me like what the hell are you talking about fair <laughs> i have a, a great story about teaching uh about roman numerals at Bennington last year, mm. um, I was I was saying okay, so we call one, you know, the tonic. We call five, the dominant. What do you think we call four? And they, they said, "Is it the submissive?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you, "Yeah, close." <laughs> um, they call that the gimp. Know, as, uh, <laughs> God, it, it reminds me of that somewhat inappropriate tone deaf comics of the you know the the seven scale degrees go to a bar and each like each one of them is a like you know the the subdominant I think is the wingman and the dominant is the is the bro right mm-hmm. who's, who's trying to, to get with the the really good looking girl who's the tonic it's the whole this whole uh-huh. elaborate thing um, yeah uh, no I think is the I median think... just kind of like the the sad person at the bar and the sub medians just the drunk or something <laughs> you know i i i can't i i'm not even going to speculate because i can't remember because they were all very well they were all very well titled let me put it that way should we compare um harmonies to pop singers <laughs> <laughs> 
Beyonce okay. is the tonic. Definitely. <laughs> She's the queen. Um, the dominant. Oh, we're still going. Oh. <laughs> Um, What's the grossest well, one? Lady Gaga has Lady Gaga has some like BDSM elements in some of her videos. I think um, Lady Gaga so is bourbon. All right, let's just say that. No more pink. <laughs> oh, we're going back yeah. to drinks. <laughs> I think Lady Gaga is bourbon. Like she is the dominant bourbon. Wait, yeah. real, really, really? Yeah, <laughs> she wore a meat dress. <laughs> yeah, but it's pink. What? There's there's also a lot of flash to Gaga though. There, it's like there is like this depth, but there's also flashiness. So, what's a drink that has depth but is also flashy? Bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> Bourbon is not flashy. Oh, Bourbon. it can I be. Like, I feel like you have confirmation like the Nick bias. Offerman. Bourbon is the Nick Offerman, or what's? A, it's funny. I forgot his actual name in Parks and Recs. Um, Ron Swanson. <laughs> yeah, uh, Bourbon is the Ron Swanson of like drinks. It's no nonsense, you know? Okay. I th- he, well, <laughs> I think Lady Gaga has no that. nonsense. I mean, she is... Lady Gaga is full of nonsense. <laughs> but she believes in it, so she's an artist. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> As are we. <laughs> We're full of nonsense that we believe in. <laughs> nice. So, I think we can uh, round this out. Um, some final thoughts on the many, 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 many cadences. I think that would be a better title. Just like all no spaces. Many, 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 many cadences. See, it just gives too much of the piece away. Anyway, final thoughts. Well, I don't know. Like I like I said before, it's it's a sort of like I don't know. It's a genius piece in my mind. It it does like it goes back. Like I think the best music, um, at least the the music I like the best is the music that is both sort of familiar but then completely foreign. Mm-hmm. And she finds a way to make the familiar completely foreign in mm-hmm. really interesting ways that keep me engaged the whole time. Um, so that's sort of like. Um, my big takeaway from this piece and something um, I've sort of learned from her hearing her music over the last three years how she's able to sort of take what we think is familiar and turn it on its head and make it really new and surprising yeah I have to say uh, I agree with with Evan wholeheartedly and um, of course, many people who've listened to this before know that I don't believe in perfect music. Uh, I think it's a nice ideal, but there's no perfect piece. I certainly haven't written one, but that's not the benchmark we're using to describe perfection anyway. Um, but that being said, again, this piece definitely makes my wish list of pieces that, man, I wish I had thought of that and, and did something with it. And it's well executed, and it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I think the one thing that really that I really took away from this that actually after I listened to it today I kind of brought it up in a couple of lessons I was teaching was the idea of kind of formal elements from one thing transforming elements from another thing. Mm-hmm. I really I think that was a really elegant way to to 
to make an otherwise really boring form more interesting for yeah. me. So I think like, honestly, when, uh, when the A material came back, I was just like, oh, okay, <laughs> how am I going to spin this tonight? But then when she's, when, you know, everything started to transform, I was like, okay, all right, you hooked me. I'm in. All right. Mm-hmm. Nice job. Yeah. So it's good stuff. Before we uh, before we listen to it, and we are going to listen to the entire thing, uh, it's a wonderful performance by the Spectral Quartet who have generously let us uh, play the entire uh, piece on the podcast. So please go check out their record that this is on. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe it's called uh, No Nonsense. Is that right? Oh, it's something like that. Oh, um, I, we should get this right. So... Yeah. <laughs> Oh, boy. The research department really fell down on that one. <laughs> I mean, it was em- it was nominated for a Grammy, for God's sake. Serious I know, right? business. Serious business. Serious business. business. Not yeah. no mm-hmm. nonsense, but serious. I mean, it's like, course, it's the same thing. I mean, come on. Do- <laughs> Doyle is always the one who's like falling over. Or <laughs> I love the cover that Doyle is like on the floor. <laughs> So, anyway, Spectral Quartet generously let us um, use uh, use this recording from their from their rec- It's pretty recent, right? Yeah, I think like um, twenty sixteen. Yeah, sixteen from yeah, their recent, recent release called Serious Business, and we're gonna listen to the whole thing. But for a couple minutes, let's just uh, again fifty podcasts. Who knew? Woo! Woo! Congratulations, Good job, Rob. Rob. Well, yeah. <laughs> I've certainly been joined by 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 many by yeah. many fantastic people. Many many guests. Yeah. <laughs> many many guests. <laughs> In many many forms of soberness. True story. Okay. Well, we've we've done 50. We're going to do 50 more. At Yay. least, hopefully. Not this yes. season. Good God. <laughs> last, last season, that was something like 25 or 26. Lasted forever. Yeah. And I was half, part of it, I was moving a, across the world. Yeah, not so much anymore. <laughs> Just like The Office, the seasons are going to get shorter and shorter. <laughs> well, as or long like as Game of Thrones. As, as, uh, <laughs> as long as it's like The Office and not like other shows that will remain nameless that gradually decrease the quality of the show over the season, so we're thankful that it ends. Will and Grace. <laughs> hey, hey, no names, no names. That's how many show. <laughs> Any number of other things that I have, I have, you know, the 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 DVD collections of, and as yes. we go on, we're like, well, we Let's have go the back rest to season of them, one. so I guess we have to buy it. But Might as well, yeah. Complete, c- complete the... Ugh, I can't talk. <laughs> this bottle is almost gone, let me tell you that. <laughs> All right, well, on that note, here is Sky McClay and the Spectral Quartet playing many, many cadences.
Thanks for listening. As always, if you want to find out more about adjective new music or lexical tones, please go to our website, www.adjectivenewmusic.com.